0: And now we'll dive into how the enemy loves to work in our lives and what Devin refers to, Devin, welcome to Trending, as the six darts of the enemy and how those can really make their way into our lives and be major disruptors for our day-to-day and ultimate holiness. Devin, welcome to Trending. Let's unpack these seven darts of the enemy that you talk about.
1: Yeah, that sounds great, Um, Well, I think the where we can really start is, why are there so few great saints today? You know, there are a lot of saints today that are living, um, but I think, why is it that maybe we're not tapping into that glory, that power that God has for us? And I think it's because we've got an enemy, and that enemy is an expert at convincing us to you know, live his methods, his ways, rather than God's. And so he uses this little pro- process. The key is it all begins with this. We have, a, uh, I guess, a goal. Our goal is heaven. And if we're parents, if I, as I'm a father, my goal, my vocational task, is to lead my family to heaven. And so the devil, he's going to attack me, and he's got these six darts, which I, 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 the six darts of the devil, which is a great strategy, in a sense, from the satanic perspective, to take us out. And the first start is doubt. And that is the key. That is the, I guess, the spearhead of his strategy. Because as Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says, says, without faith, it's impossible, to please God. And so if we're not trusting in God, if we don't have faith in God, we're gonna lose. We're not only not gonna become saints, but we're not gonna please God. We're not gonna be pleasing to him. And we could be, in a sense, not doing his will. And so the devil's goal right off the bat, his, his first objective is to get you to doubt God's greatness, his generosity, his benevolence, his goodness, his love, all of that. And that's where it begins. And can we all not relate to that? Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. that's where it all begins.
0: And doubt can lead many people to just outright shut down. That Mm self-doubt, doubt in others, doubt in doubting the culture and the world that there is any hope. And it can really lead us to shut down and have this sense of despair or even sometimes just recklessness in our behavior.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you think about it, when you're doubt, you're not only doubting yourself, But you're doubting that god has your back that god is going to grant you the courage the strength the ability to do whatever task whatever call he has for you and so when we doubt the next step the next fiery dart that the devil launches against us is discouragement anti-courage he wants to rob us of this courage to do great things for the lord or to step out and uh, you know i love evangelization because you can meet someone you barely know and say you get in a conversation, is there anything I can pray for you for? Or, you know, you, 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 you say things like that to try to get them to think about God, to invite them in and to really actually do something for them. But when we're, our courage is stolen from us, we're so much on the defense. We're so afraid of injecting. Instead, we're protecting ourselves. And that's what the devil wants. He doesn't want injectors of Christ into society. He wants us on the defense, protecting ourselves. And so doubt will always lead to discouragement and anti-courage. And when, we're, when we lack that courage, then we start to beat ourselves up because we know we're not living in the grace of god we know we're not living in the power of god and so then we begin deprecating ourselves that's the third d and oftentimes when we deprecate ourselves self-deprecation is a fantastic tool of the devil because what he does is he whispers lies about us that are half truths so maybe we didn't do something maybe like for example we lie so he calls us a liar or maybe we've been lazy so he calls us lazy so then we begin to listen to these lies, and then we begin to think them, believe them, and actually repeat them to ourselves. How many times? I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. We say these things to ourselves, and then they become our mantra, and then the devil can go on vacation because we're playing the, you know, the play button of his lies all the time. And then another side to this, though, is we not appreciate or deprecate ourselves, but then we begin to Deprecate others. We begin to depreciate them, and why do we do this? Because we feel so bad about ourselves that we want to feel better about ourselves. That we try to bring people down below us, and one of the ways when we're fallen is that we try to take down, you know, character assassination or criticalness or rash judgment, and so we go from doubt to discouragement to deprecation, and then that deprecation will usually lead to some form of disobedience to really make us feel better. You know, So you got the guy who feels weak and he hasn't really been courageous in any aspect of his life. And so he might appeal to lust or you have someone like I was saying who feels negatively about themselves so they compare themselves and make rash judgments about others. And see, this is where the devil really wants, he moves us gradually to this space of disobedience to the point where we don't even realize it. And then Mm -hmm. that's where he rubs, when we wake up from that that thing, whatever that thing is, we think is going to make us feel better. This act of disobedience against our our trust in God, it's it's actually against trusting in God. And when we wake up from that act of sin, the devil is there to rub our noses in our sinful poop, right? And so he's there. And then that's when we despair. And we ultimately, Mm -hmm. it can lead to ultimate despair if we're not careful. So that's kind of, that's his agenda, his his way of, you know, taking us slowly or gradually to the point of despair where we no longer think that God is for us, but God has abandoned us and God is against us.
0: Hmm. You know, it's interesting that all of this ends ultimately in what we would argue is despair and death. You know, even just looking at how it starts with the doubt, mm-hmm. that self-doubt, that doubt in the culture, the doubt in God, the doubt in others to you know feeling discouraged self-deprecation where you just start to define yourself according to your sin and your mistakes and how i you mentioned how that next leads to disobedience can you explain a little further the connection to disobedience uh within the culture within the vocation uh, individual vocations but also as you know a person of faith as well
1: Sure. Yeah. So that's a great question, actually. So that makes it super practical. So I'm a father. And when I begin on this route of doubt, um, and I begin to doubt who God has made me to be, or I doubt his plan for me. And then I begin to, you know, eventually I get to that where it's discouragement, deprecation, I'm talking ill about myself, maybe about others. What I want to do is I actually want to build myself back up. I want to try, and because we can't, usually, human beings cannot stay in self-doubt and self-deprecation too long without going insane. So what we do is we either try to numb ourselves with coping mechanisms and comforts, or what we will do is we will commit some kind of action to try to make ourselves feel better. So say, like I had a friend who was in, He's an incredible contractor, um, very talented guy, but he would begin to have this self doubt and this self self loathing, and he began stopping by the bar every night on the way home from work. He knew he wasn't supposed to. He knew he had a family to get home to dinner, you know, and and then it was you know chewing on onions to cover up the alcohol, you know, the the smell of his breath, and then pretty soon he's you know he's deep in his alcoholism. And he's, it's destroying his family life. We often will, or, or even with the church, like you were saying, our faith in God, when we begin to doubt God's plan for us, like for, for example, somebody might be maxed out on having children right now and they need a break. Well, mm-hmm. what do we do? Well, we want to come together. Okay, contraception. So we commit that act of disobedience, which we think is going to actually solve our problems, but it actually creates more problems, especially in the arena of contraception, we see the divorce rates soar. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's what I mean by where that deprecation, that feeling of lowliness about ourselves, self-loathing, self-hatred, or uh, something along those lines will cause us to try to have a counterreaction to make ourselves feel better by ourselves or to create a solution, a human solution to a divine problem. But what is God doing? God all the while is calling us to faith. He's calling us Mm -hmm. to trust in him. And that's the antidote to all these fiery darts of the devil uh, that are listed in, well, basically hinted at in Ephesians 6. What does St. Paul says? He says, how do you cast out or, or quench the fiery darts of the devil? He says you have to have the breastplate of faith. And as we know, faith is you know more than just an intellectual assent to just a group of core beliefs or to the creed. Faith is trust in Christ. Faith is trust in God. It's to have actually Christ's faith that he had in the garden. We need that faith because every day we're entering, in a sense, a mini Garden of Gethsemane. And that is the place of battle for each and every one of us. Mm -hmm.